Dude Logic, the place for no holds barred and formative and entertaining banter. Call it a place for refined barbershop talk. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm in the studio with AJ. What's going on, y'all? Just happy to be back for another week. Like always, thank you very much for writing in. Continue to do so. Keep letting us know what you want to hear about so we can keep bringing you what you want to, what you want to listen to. And uh, Chris, I believe we've come to that, that place in the show where I get to introduce our, our guest for the week. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, so I am happy to announce that we have another lady to do logic today <laughs> to bring a opposing or you know maybe not opposing but maybe a different perspective on what it is that we're we're talking about yeah because uh, you know they got that extra x chromosome it's a little different and uh so natasha welcome to dude logic how are you feeling today i'm feeling good i'm feeling good thank you all for having me really happy to be here excellent excellent so chris what do we what's been going on this week man we haven't caught up man this week there's there's a lot going on you know like the NCAA tournament is done, right? Yep. Connecticut won. Both men's and women. Yeah, both men's and women. See, that that is a particular sore spot for me because that was the year I got to Georgia Tech that, yep. that happened the last time, 10 years uh-huh. ago. And Georgia Tech had a pretty good team that year. Yeah, they did. They went to the championship and got thrashed <laughs> by UConn. <laughs> yes, they did. Absolutely Yes, they thrashed. did. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and blame it on you being a student at Georgia Tech at the time and just say it was your fault because uh, it feels good in my soul. Hmm. Because UGA's showed up how many times? Um, I'm actually a Georgia Tech fan. So, oh, okay. yeah. I'm so, one of those weirdos that uh, is actually a fan of both Georgia Tech and Georgia mm. or any team that's associated with the state of Georgia in any way whatsoever. So if Emory made it to the national championship. Ah, for swimming, definitely. Probably would make it for swimming. I'm... All in. Division three, we got it. All of them. Yeah, there you go. That's Still what's up. undefeated in football. Hey, man, you know, Mercer is, is beating Duke. And <laughs> Georgia Southern is beating Touché. Florida. Touché. Shout out to my Georgia boys this year. Georgia Southern and Georgia for beating Florida. <laughs> Any of you who went to Florida, congratulations on having a terrible team. <laughs> anyway... You know. Well, speaking I mean, of Georgia teams, actually, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, Kevin Ware, point guard for Louisville, he was the guy who broke his leg on the court. That yes. Gruesome, gruesome injury. He's yes. transferring to Georgia State. Nice. Really? Yeah. Nice. So is he going to be playing basketball for Georgia State? Yeah, he will be playing basketball for Georgia State. Awesome. Congratulations, Georgia State, on picking up a nice player. Uh, right. I'm, or like, It's unfortunate the circumstances that led him to, to end up at Georgia State, but... You know, I truly believe he still has some good years left in him. Some, you know, and it's an opportunity for him to show that you can you can rebound from an injury like that and still be a good player and so, still have something to bring to the table. So maybe this is my girl showing. So they let him go. Yeah, it, it, that, I'm assuming Chris is that what happened? The, the... Yeah, he wanted to be closer to his family. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah. it was All his right. decision. That's more ad- admirable because it was like if his school let him go, like, oh, you broke your ankle, you're really not good for us anymore. I'd have all kind of feelings and thoughts about that. But okay, I, family man. I can, I can respect that. Excellent. Excellent. So what about you, Tasha? Anything going on in your life right now that you want to you know, just talk about? But this, this is the beginning of the show. We just talk about whatever. What's going on in my life? I mean, I feel like all I do is work for a lot. I uh, meet some real interesting folks in all my jobs or whatnot. But no, I can't really 
I wasn't really prepared to talk about, you know, barbershop. Nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah. Beauty shop gossip. I mean, we could talk about the latest uh, reality show with women. I mean, um, the latest chick flick. I don't know. Um, what, what, what is the latest chick flick and or? <laughs> I, I mean, bring that to the show because I clearly don't know what the latest <laughs> chick flick and or chick show is. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I'm probably even bad about that, too. Um... Are you a scandal watcher? Oh, scandal for hands down. I I don't ever I can't watch it on Thursdays when it shows, but Mama Pope is that bitch. Like she's just Yes. I was just speechless. Like I how can a mother put her kid in that kind of situation? So all my scandal stands and fans out there, you know, Daddy Pope, I don't know what's gonna happen with him. <sighs> Wait, no, I'm getting the head nod. Like, <laughs> can I just out on you a little bit? Scandal you... is banned from Dude, from dude Logic. Oh, you said, hey, <laughs> I set you up. I set you up for the film. I set you up. It's it's terrible, but no, it's not banned. It's just frowned upon. Okay. You know, yeah. uh, Chris. Chris watches it. He is an avid watcher. Ah. In that his wife keep... watches it, and he he's there. <laughs> yeah, ah, exactly. So he watches so, it by default. I'm yes. an avid looker, not watcher. Yes. Yeah. Ah. I will say this. I. Saw the most recent episode. And uh, I will say this. I now understand why every Thursday people get on Facebook, it, Twitter, and every other. And, and have something to say about Cyrus. Because, uh, you know, and spoiler alert for anybody who's listening. You a little choked up there? Uh, I had no idea that they were this cutthroat on the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, but we say cutthroat in the show. I think uh, with any real sitcoms, it there is some basis of reality in it. Shonda yeah. didn't just sit in her room like, "How can we make the most dramatic chief of staffs ever?" Like, I think there is some truth in it, just exaggerated yeah. for ratings. Well, I'll say this: uh, seeing that episode made me really excited about a show that is coming out shortly. Twenty four, <laughs> returning to TV. All right, so this is why I say that. Um, the only parts of the show in Scandal that I liked were when people were getting shot, stabbed, killed, and or, like... What about the love? What I about the can't, romance? What no, about the Scandal? That's where no. you lost me. Like, yeah, no. I, the whole Olivia... The adulterated ...and the president husband. thing. Um, no. Nah. Nah. Cool. Let I, that go. No, and then sure. the dude, I don't know what his name is, the but Jake? the guy... Yeah. That guy. Yeah, Jake? that... Like why is she why command? is she going back and forth between two people and it's why is that the like, man she loves but can't have and the man that wants to love her but can't have her? Yeah, hmm. she should just be single and get people out of trouble, and that would be a much better show. No, the show would be over. There has to be the scandal. There has to be that dynamic. If not, then we're just gonna be watching like Law and Order. I don't know. Chief of Staffs uh, allowing hundreds of people to be. Uh, killed through an explosive for his own personal gain. That seems like enough scandal to me. Yeah, but that's like the political scandal. Then you get away from romanticizing the situation, which like this woman is interested in a man, the most powerful man in the world, uh, but he should be unattainable. But then the dynamic of his, the Fitz-Millie relationship and that Millie forced Fitz away, but he went to the arms of someone else. And now they're head over heels with each other, but no, that could never be. He could never be president with a side chick. I'll say this, Chris, I apologize because I invited this conversation into the logic. <laughs> and it's my own fault. This it's is like two fault. more minutes of scandal than has ever been allowed on this show. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm, I'm good. I'm moving on. We're you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I uh, to all my listeners of Dude Logic, I'm very sorry. No, I'm not. And it's not Natasha's fault. I, I set her up. I did. That was no. me. It was all me. You don't apologize because more than one fan is probably like, yes, for Daddy Pope. Yeah, one of them is in it. I mean, yeah, I will say this. I like Daddy Pope only because uh, I've been a fan of the gentleman that plays Daddy Pope since <laughs> Brother from Another Mother. Um, no, Brother from Another Planet, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that, that movie, Chris. Yeah, I have. Yeah. But, but it's a classic. So he's like the... the it's the Morgan, a classic. Well, who's the other black guy? Morgan Freeman, the Allstate man, and then who's... He's just like the omnipresent black guy. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Um, the Allstate man, Morgan Freeman, um, Denzel. The, no, no, no. Like, he's a fair... Not fair complexion. He's always somebody... Billy D. Williams. Uh, um... It'll come back to you. It will. Can you think of a, a movie or show that he has been in? All of the ones I think of are slave movies. <laughs> All right, well, give um, it to me. <laughs> no, um, he wears glasses. Okay. He has a round face, kind of like jowls. Um, All right. Oh, James Earl Jones? Yeah. There, there you go. go. Oh, okay. James nice. James They're like That's the terrible. Om- she said Giles and I said James Earl Jones. They're like the omnipresent black men. Really? Like, they all the first that- thing that didn't come to mind wasn't coming to America. King Jeff and Jofa. Or, or even oh, like... I the mean, Lion King. Lion King. Well, He's right. Mufasa. Yeah. And uh, Darth Vader. Yeah. Anybody f- forgot? Absolutely. He is the no, voice of Darth I, Vader. I knew it, but it was just escaping. Yeah. It was you put me on the spot. I, I, I it's okay. I'm put, sorry. Put baby in a corner. I can't see what women do when you put them in a, a, a not. <laughs> really? Already too soon. I just got started. We're already oh, yeah. see what happens when you put oh, AJ, man. you're just giving her ammunition for the chick. Oh, man, it's, just, coming. it's coming. Just, it's coming. It's coming. Like, oh, there are some women who are listening right now who hate me just from that one statement alone. <laughs> That's all right though. I'm okay. I'm in. A, I'm in that mood today. I'm. I'm. I want to be hated, cause uh, you know, our homeboy Deshane isn't here today, so somebody has to be hated. Yeah, mm. that's true. Although yeah. you can always hate Deshane. Yeah. Even, Even when absence. he's not on the show. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um. So Chris, I mean, anything else that you wanted to talk about today, man? Any any topics that you just really felt like we needed to bring to the show today? Yeah, actually, I know this is pretty old, but I don't know if you remember the whole controversy with Duck Dynasty and the father oh, yeah. actually oh, yeah. talking about gays and everything like that. So, actually, I had never seen Duck Dynasty until this week. Okay. I was just kind of flipping through the stations, and man, is that a weird show, dude. Uh, I've never made it through a whole episode. I've watched like two or three episodes halfway through, mm-hmm. Um, so I can't really speak on it, but... In in what ways did you think it was it was weird? I mean, just like their vernacular, like I just couldn't follow it. I think what Duck Dynasty does, Duck Dynasty, uh, Honey Boo Boo, what those shows I've never watched do, a single episode of Honey Boo Boo. It reminds me that these people really do exist. We get stuck in this city mentality because we all live in you know large cities. Yeah, but uh, you go far enough south. And you know, Duck Dynasty is probably revered because like that's somebody's life. Like oh, that's twenty minutes outside of Atlanta. Right. It doesn't take long. <laughs> but you you can forget, yeah, because you don't see the folks you know suited and booted in their fatigue mm-hmm. and kids got guns before they can walk because you're like, oh, that can't be real life. But we live in this cloud of you know city limits where we're so inclusive and so accepting or perceivably accepting. But I was just like, yep, 
<laughs> Country hicks still exist. There are people who still go out and shoot ducks just because. Right. <laughs> hey. And if they get rich doing it, who am I to say there's a problem with it? Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? What's crazy is uh, my show, for that same reason, was Swamp People, man. That's my show. <laughs> I love Swamp People. I guess it's a guilty pleasure. I love seeing people go risk their lives pulling gators into the boat and gnar and all kind of crazy. Like, look, seriously, <laughs> seeing people in a swamp just living is no, let's so be amazing. Real. Seeing white people in a swamp. You're not... Hey, there were black people in the first season. They didn't make it to the second season. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that audience was just not tapping in, because I would have been like, why the hell is this black man trying to... Like, we don't... We eat gators. We don't catch them. To be fair... Yeah. They didn't do too well that season, either. <laughs> so, I don't know if it was because they were black that they didn't make it to season two, or because they were really bad at catching gator in that first season. <laughs> Right, but so. if you think about like all the like the 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 hick show the shows we'll call them hick I'm sure I'm I don't care if you're I'm offending, offending somebody but don't um, worry about like it the, that the real country mentality like is that what white people see when they look at black entertainment uh, I don't know like, I mean that that extreme because somebody in the world thinks Real Housewives of Atlanta is real. Is real. No, there are a lot of people Th- that that exists in Atlanta. There, it, there's reason why women are acting like that now. Yeah. Because they so like Honey Boo Boo really, Duck Dynasty like these are legitimate businesses that they run they might hype it up because the cameras are on but for folks who think like Ducks Dynasty is their reality they look at Real Housewives of Atlanta and like oh my god all black people got weave they're all crazy all want to fight but then we're sitting here having the same conversation in the reverse like that Real Housewives of Atlanta is my reality ish not really not yeah. actually at all. So I look at Duck Dynasty, I'm like, these people are so country, so redneck. So is it, is that, is that our extremes? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, there are other extremes, but no, I mean, I, I believe that the media is a positive, I mean, well, positive and negative, but it's powerful mm-hmm. force in shaping the way people see the world. Um, part, like, well, one of the things I learned when I traveled abroad was that people had very, strong misconceptions and uh, and perceptions of who I am as a black man from mm. the United States of America. Uh I mean, you know, for the listeners of of Dude Logic, I'm I'm not the tallest guy in the world. I am right at 6 feet and so you're like average. I'm I'm above average. Yes, I'm above, above average. average. Not bad, you're not going to yeah, I'm above average, average, but I'm not 6 foot 4, right? Mm-hmm. Uh well, when I went to Mexico, I was a little taller than average. Mm-hmm. And they saw what they perceived to be a tall black man, and I played in the NFL <laughs> and or the NBA. Right, because that's all we did. Because that's all we did. Yep. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, that was they for real thought, hey, do you play in the NFL? I was asked that five, six times in one trip. And, I mean, after a while, you just had to laugh at it. But it was like, you know, how can I be upset with them when they're only, their only exposure to blacks in America is what they see on TV? Mm. Mm. And unfortunately, what, you know, our perception on TV is not necessarily that of people who are out here uh, changing the world in a positive manner using their brain and not their legs. Yeah, but that doesn't make for a good TV show. Uh, you know. I don't. Uh, when <laughs> I have spent eight hours changing lives, inspiring, I want to come home, veg out, and watch this garbage mm-hmm. sometimes i don't need the super thought-provoking 
I want to see images of all communities being supported and recognized in a positive light. But I don't want to come home and veg out on something deep and intellectual all the time because then I feel like I gotta think and I gotta have a response. Well, uh, I mean, we control what gets on TV. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's why I watch stuff like Twenty Four, where I can just see people shot, killed, stabbed, yeah. explosions, and/or play video games right. when I'm trying to veg out. You exactly. Know? Like, cause it's no different to me playing a video game or going and reading a book. You know, these are both things that I love to do, mm-hmm. but. The, the purpose of it is to take me out of my reality into another place, mm-hmm. period. And like you said, when you're watching deep, thought-provoking, you know, images on TV, sometimes it's not necessarily what you want after a long, hard day at work. Right. But then again, I'm that type of person that my favorite shows to watch are all on National Geographic, Discovery Channel, Science, you know, and the History Channel. Like, it's, it's really kind of sad. Because <laughs> I am constantly learning new things. You're such a nerd. I am. So, guys, speaking of much like must see TV, mm-hmm. I actually saw something recently that was pretty funny. Okay. Um, it, I mean, funny in my sense, but for the person, it was extremely embarrassing. But right. a guy told a girl that he loved her, and uh, she basically just put him down. Let them stand in there, hanging. Wow. Where was this? This was actually at a shopping mall. Oh, man. Yeah, it was a young couple. It was a young couple, so... Like, he made a scene of saying, I love you? In public? Pretty much, yeah. That that wasn't smart. Yeah, that wasn't smart. That was not dude logic. That wasn't the smartest move at all. That was not dude logic. listen to the show, huh? Uh, He should. Anyone who's listening right now, go tell all your friends to listen to dude logic. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so she shot him down. Uh, That's just cold. In the, in she could waited until they got home. Well, you know, in the typical, I don't want to say it, but I don't want to fully embarrass you type way. But in reality, I am actually embarrassing you by not saying it. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. Ah, ah, ah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you too? Yeah. In most situations, I would be sympathetic to his plight no but he did it in public and he set himself up for failure it's not smart pretty much uh i mean no there's no right or right no right around that and you don't make that kind of public scene unless you know you know like you're not about you shouldn't have this big public it's like a proposal i compare them to a proposal you don't make a big scene of a proposal unless you know in your heart of hearts it's gonna be yes. So I don't. So he played himself. He set himself up to get embarrassed. It should have been like, hey, I'm really beforehand. I'm really starting to feel you. I can see myself with you. Build up to it. Because if this was the first time they talked about it and it was in a public scene, I yeah, I'd probably embarrass you too because you embarrassed me. <laughs> Woo. So Woo. from the lady herself. I'm like, wait, uh, like, like, don't put me in that position. Like, wait, hold on. This is the first time you're telling me you love me? That's that's why I, I personally believe that I love you, no matter who it comes from, whether it's the, you know, whoever it is in the relationship, whether it's male or it's female in the relationship, that first I love you needs to happen in the courtesy, in the privacy of your own environment, either your home, your car, where nobody else is in, involved, uh, because... That's an intimate moment between right. the two of you. I mean, it should be a private moment because if the other person's like, oh, oh, okay. Like, you need time to respond because unless you're ex- 
unless you're feeling like the relationship is really heading in the I love you direction, mm-hmm. uh, a person needs time to process because that's like a, oh, you just said I love you. So now I kind of have a responsibility for your feelings. And uh, I couldn't, I got it. I'm very facial. Yeah. So I have to like, ooh, Tasha, fix your face. Because <laughs> um, yeah. I'm like, oh, you love me? Oh, that's nice. Uh, uh, I mean, love you long time? <laughs> Insert, I would have to say something really witty because I probably would be caught off guard. Yeah. And then to catch me off guard in front of others, if, if they were my friends, oh, if it was family, yeah. Complete strangers, mm, I'm, mm, I don't know. I'm not the public spectacle type. So, yeah. listeners, I say this because this actually goes well into our main topic, and I don't want you guys to talk too much before I introduce it. The main topic. Mm-hmm. But gotcha. we're going to call this the balls in your court, all right? And so this is indicative of who does things first in relationships, who says I love you first, who, who gives the first kiss, who gives the first hug, and... Where does that put the onus on progressing the relationship? Is it on the mm-hmm. initiator or is it on the person who received it? Mm-hmm. Your okay. thoughts? I'm going to let Tasha speak on it first because, you know, I like putting her on the spot today. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. that's what men do. You just put no. me on the spot like that. Um, which first are we going to tackle first? <laughs> oh, let's start. Let's all right. So let's start from the beginning of a relationship, right? What are the, what are the natural steps, the natural progression in a relationship? The first thing that you do in a relationship, ask someone out on a date. Right. Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah. So being the, I believe empower all women. I'm like, you know what? I I do think that the asking somebody out falls on both. Okay. Uh, but whoever does it first, and I think this is going to show up in all of the examples that we talk about. Whoever makes that first step is putting themselves in a place of vulnerability like hey you know what this is how i feel now i have to wait for you to respond and hopefully it's in my favor and if it's not i need to be able to self-soothe and cope and move on if it's not with you so like hey you know what, aj what's going we've we've kicked it i saw you on the kickball field you know let's go out sometime let's grab a drink if it's something that informal okay there's not really any pressure but if i like catch them you know, in the dugout, like, yo, AJ, I'm really feeling you. Let, let's, can, let's go out sometime. If I asked you, then would you pay for it? Like, there's so many layers and complexity mm-hmm. in this. Um, because I could have just said, hey, I'm really feeling you. And you might have been liking me too, but you weren't sure. So you didn't pursue it. So it's just, there's just so many different levels to this. Well, we did <laughs> to, to the one thing that you, you spoke about. Like, if you were to ask me mm-hmm. and would I pay for it, we spoke to that on a previous episode of Dude Logic. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the the consensus was that the person who asked, no matter if it's male or female, is mm-hmm. the person who should be responsible for the cost of the okay. date. But oftentimes, as men, when women ask, we still end up forking over the cost of the first date. Is it, am I speaking out of turn, Chris, or is that pretty much the the gist of what the conversation was well, before? Well, you know, a more chauvinist man would say that that's the sugar daddy attitude, right? Yes, but you know you got the sugar daddy attitude out there when most most brothers are just, are just uh, salt daddies, right? Yeah, <laughs> salt all in the game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean Chris, what what about for you, man? Like, um, what do you think when you're the first person to ask someone out? Because oftentimes as men, we are the pursuers. You know, most women mm-hmm. are not as enlightened. 
and have not gotten to the new age where it's okay for you to ask me on a date. It's okay. Like, and, and some, I've had, had some of my female friends actually ask me, is it, is it, you know, going too far to ask a man out on a date? Do I seem, you know, quote unquote thirsty or overexcited or, you know, do I put myself in a position of vulnerability when I ask someone out? And like you said, I think there is a level of vulnerability in asking anyone out, whether mm-hmm. it's male or female, because you're basically saying I am interested in you and hoping that the interest is mutual. Mm-hmm. Unrequited love sucks on any level. I don't care if it's just I like you or if it's I am in love with you. Mm-hmm. When someone doesn't reciprocate the feelings that you have for them, it hurts. And like you said, go you got to go do the self-soothing, getting over it, whatever it is that mm-hmm. you do. You know, if you're a dude and you just be like, hey, Ani needs you. And I call my boys and be like, let's let's go to the club because that's what we do every time, right? Right. <laughs> Big videos, nah. pop bottles. Big videos, hunt with it, with it. Yep, that's what we do. I mean, but I think a lot of times, and this could be another episode of Dude Logic, I think sometimes the women who do the approaching first have probably been missed or overlooked because they don't show up as like the Buffy the Body type. Because the Buffy the Body, I'm sorry, Buffy, actually I'm not. Um they're usually ones who are always getting the attention but the you know the women who have it together may not be on cover of vogue or essence or vibe magazine are often overlooked so sometimes they have to go out and like hey you know what i think you're really cute i'd love to get to know you because they have to put themselves out there because they're not getting that first round of attention and I think that that also goes to say how much control men still have in the situation. You want to speak to that, Chris? I had something to say, but ah, go you've ahead. been quiet for a while. All right. Go ahead. Well, I mean, flip side, mm-hmm. same thing happens with, with men and women, like with, that women go through. Uh, oftentimes, the, the men who are more ostentatious, putting themselves out there, being uh, in your face with money and or loud, obnoxious, you know, anything, mm-hmm. you know what men do to get attention, right? Mm-hmm. The good dudes are oftentimes kind of laying back, doing their own thing, and the attention isn't put on them. So, you know, it's it's a good thing, I think, when women put themselves out there, because if it's a good dude, he's going he's gonna to handle it in an appropriate fashion. Mm-hmm. He's not going to let it get to his head. It's not going to be something that he's going to run with and be like, oh, okay, I got her in the bag, like clearly she likes me so I can do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in reality, the best policy and what I've always felt is be true to your feelings. If you're feeling somebody, let them know, mm-hmm. be straightforward. I've always felt that if men and women were more straightforward in their dealings and honest, uh, about what they were feeling from day one, mm-hmm. there would be a lot less confusion and right. a lot less. But what kind of dude is gonna be like? I walk, hey, yo, AJ, I'm really, you're really cool. I've enjoyed kicking it with you on the kickball team. Uh, let me take you out sometime. Like, be honest, but ugh, yeah, um, no. Like, some people want the truth but can't handle honesty. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I want you to tell me the truth. Yeah, actually, there's not a chance in hell we'll be together. But I need you to not be honest and say it just like that. Just be like, uh, like, how do you give people the truth that we all say we want, but in a way that doesn't hurt their feelings? That doesn't hurt. I don't, I think, I honestly, and, and this is coming from a place <laughs> where, like, I've, I've had to grow up to get to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say that first. Because I used to feel the same way. You know, nobody likes to ask somebody out. And it's happened to me. 
You know, I know it's hard to believe, listeners, but yes, I've been turned down for a date or two what? in my life. Not yeah, like I know. Oh, really? Yeah. You, would, you, would never, you would never think that that would happen, right? Light skin brothers stay on top. I mean, we never fell off, but ah, but but you know, it happens. There's a few of you who are a little lost. Hey, AJ, the anyway, last, the last light skin dude. We're not going to belabor that point. We're not going. We're not going to belabor that point. <laughs> anyway, the, hit it with the Drake can. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. Anyway, all up in my So now y'all Drake. got me forgetting what I was going to say. You on your Drake? You're all, right. all up in your Drake. I'm on. I'm in my. I'm in my feelings right now. Apparently, is what's <laughs> yep, going yep. on. Uh, but no. Um, in the all right. Remind me of what I was supposed to be saying. Or you said because now I'm lost. Now I am lost. All this Drake talk. No. <laughs> What I was saying is like, yeah, we want people. If people were more upfront and honest from Got the you. jump, there you go. There you go. I'm, I'm right back with you. So I have gotten to a place where I really don't think the aim should be not to hurt someone's feelings. Okay. Uh, if you're telling someone you're not interesting, it's going to hurt. That's, that's just a. That's just. You got it. You got to accept that. That is part of it. You can be. Uh, but there is a way to do it with some tact, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can definitely, I'm not going to be an asshole and be like, oh, that's cool that you like me and everything, mm-hmm. but there's absolutely no way in hell I would ever take See, you out or go out with you anywhere. See, the way set up, it's just <laughs> not going to work. Um, that would be awful. And I think that would be despicable for anybody to do male or female, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe that, you, like I said, you can be tactful. You know, thank you very much for your interest. I'm flattered. Would you like to fill out this survey? No, I'm flattered. I, I, I've said that. I'm flattered. But right now, I just don't see a future between me and you. And that's the most honest and direct mm-hmm. way to... And you know what? The sting of it might suck at first. But I feel like over time, that person would respect me more for being truthful and upfront mm-hmm. than to entertain that first date. You know, let's say she's been feeling me. So chances are she's going to go into the date with a very positive aspect, mm-hmm. like positive perception. And, and it would be hard. I would have to mess things up for her not to feel good about the date. Mm-hmm. Right. So that just opens up an opportunity for me to continue to, to you know, entertain it, kind of lead her on. And then when I get to that place where I'm no longer can continue leading her on, now it's, compa- it's compounded and it's 10 times worse because I let her believe that there was a chance. Mm. oftentimes the best thing to do is to nip it in the bud. And from my perspective, and Chris, please tell me if you agree, if I'm interested in someone and I come to you and tell you, hey, I'm interested, I'm much, I value the women who are like, you know what, it's not going anywhere. Because that makes it easy for me to be like, you know all right, stand in their book. Yeah. I can keep it moving. I now will waste none of my time and effort on her. Mm-hmm. And I've now opened up the door for somebody else who's worth my time to enter into my life because anybody that doesn't want me is clearly crazy as hell clearly <laughs> clearly <laughs> well that takes some degree of you know number one sanity but then some degree of clarity as well because not only are they doing that for themselves but they're doing it for you and so they have to be comfortable enough within themselves to be able to tell you hey i'm just not interested you're a nice guy and all but i just don't think it'll go anywhere it's as much for them as it is for you man yeah and I appreciate it because mm-hmm. I just spent a lot less money on you <laughs> and a lot less time. And, and honestly, the time is more important. Can't get that back. Nope. Can't get that back. I can go and do something to make some money real quick. Uh, but that time is never coming back. And I, man, at the end of the day, I just, 
looking down the line after you get over that initial sting which thank god i've gotten to a place where it doesn't take me but a half a second to be like all right it didn't work okay um especially after that line you talking about doing in the club right which one <laughs> the the hey my a my name is aj <laughs> uh, he's taking it back to a past episode yeah. right? like yeah no we were talking about what what is your like your pickup line what do you do I just when feel you... like you like probably lick your lips a lot. <laughs> you're light skin, so your lips are like already naturally really pink. So you're like, you know, hey, what's going on? You know, my name's AJ. I saw you from across the room, and I just wanted to, you know, walk up and introduce myself. Maybe, you know, you tell me your name. Uh, buy, I don't know, buy you a drink. Can I have this dance? I don't, I don't know. I think I she's mean, seen your act, AJ. I think she has. <laughs> I, that, that might be it. That might be it. No, but seriously, no, I'm very straightforward. I, I. Yeah, I believe the best the best practice is not to run game. I don't have game. I like I'm the first one to say I don't have game. I've never had game. Game is stupid to me. Playing games period is dumb. Like mm-hmm. I will walk up to someone and introduce myself. My name is AJ. I think you're attractive. I would like to get to know more about you. Period. Don't forget the licking of the lips. That's just natural. That just happens. You know what I'm saying? Hit your like the, LL, cool the, LL, the LL phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so can that pick, we're just all over the place. Can that same spiel work at a club versus like a bookstore or not a club? Anywhere but a club. I honestly don't think it should. Why would it be a problem at a bookstore? I mean, I've, I've, I've I think actually, that's more I've, appropriate at a bookstore at the club. I'm like, huh? You said what? Yeah. Name is who? Yeah. Slim Shady. Um, Which is why I don't go to clubs anymore. Right, right, right. I'm just past that life. I'm not about that life, Chris. You ain't about that life. I ain't about that life. All right. I'm not about that life. But no, I've, I've used it in a bookstore. I've used it in a grocery store. And honestly, in my, in my experience, women appreciate someone who's not trying to come at them with some angle or mm-hmm. like, like. I find you attractive. Oh, so I... Love to talk to you. Like, so the latest line, I always like playing with my friends, what's the worst line you heard this week? Okay. Um, so I, I work at a retail store in my spare time, and I was helping this guy. Uh, he came in. He was in a hurry. He was like, oh, I'm flying out tomorrow to go see my son. I need something to wear. And I'm like, sir, one, why are you coming into the mall at 830 and you have a flight tomorrow? You knew this flight's been booked. But I was like, all right, what? Let's get some money. Here we go. So I'm reaching to get something for him. And oh, I already his know where the first line was. was, my God, you're blessed. Mm-hmm. Your parents <laughs> did something right. And I was like, that, that's about all they did right. So what size are you? So Your parents? Th- right. So he clearly. Uh, for, well, you mind if I go ahead and, oh, and speak? I, I am so for, for those who aren't uh, here um, in the studio with us today. <laughs> Um, Tasha is blessed with uh, a very nice hind quarters. Hind quarters. Hind quarters. <laughs> hind quarters. She's got, she got good She's stock. She's got that stallion stock. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I'm saying. So I, I, I can't fault them for looking because it's there. It's in your face. You can't miss it. And uh, the mall, the store, the mall's about to close. I'm really not trying to have it. I've already <laughs> met my goal for the day. I just need you to buy these last two shirts and get out my face. And one, this guy walks in and I was like, from jump, I was almost rude, but he took that as flirting. I was like, you're not going to fit anything in this store, so don't waste your time. No, no, I'm going to try. I think I could. Sir, all of our shirts are slim. 
All right, here we go. What's the largest you? What, what can you fit? Uh, a one X. I don't even know if we sell one X. <laughs> I had to walk it. I was like, is extra large the same as one X? Yeah. Like yeah yeah. So get it, put it on. At this point, I think I'm being a good associate, good customer service, MT banter. I think he thinks I'm flirting back with him. And now he's like, you know, so your parents did something right. I was like, that's about all they did right. So back to the shirt that you're about to buy. Yeah. So he tries it on. It fits. 30 minutes later, he still wants to go through. Okay, what about the red shirt? Of course, all the red shirts are as high as they could possibly be. So I have to keep reaching for them. Mm. And I'm like, dude, like you have your shirt. You need an outfit. What else do you want? And at one point I said you could... A, continue to sit here and flirt with me until the mall closes, or you can B, buy the shirt and then go get the rest of your outfit because you're not going to fit anything. Uh, you know, maybe I'm not in a hurry anymore. Instantly, his story changes. And I was like, this line, like, your parents did something right? Get mm-hmm. out of here with that. Yeah. yeah. And then, oh, you got a man? Uh, so, so, so somebody threw a line at me that was very similar to that at one point in my life. And Chris, I believe I told you this story. Okay. Uh, remember about my first experience uh, walking past Shivers Hall at Morehouse College? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, that was the day where I realized that what men say to women is not right. It's like, Cause... dang, can I, have a be- can I have a face? Can you not just look at my ass? Yes, I have an ass. I get it. I have assets. I mm. even made an ass joke. Mm-hmm. But look what's on top of my shoulders. Yeah, so you felt like a piece of meat? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was uh, oh, cat yeah. called. <laughs> oh, I, I got cat called. Yes, that was it. It happened. And I don't even know why I am it, like. You got some feelings? Why am I talking about Still this recovering? on this show, Chris? Like, no, we're flashbacks. Uh, I, guess, I guess I said I would just be real honest about everything that's happened in my life on this show. And I'm not going to hide anything from our listeners. But yeah, I was walking past our uh, dining hall at Morehouse College. And you know how you just realize that somebody is watching you like mm-hmm. you just get that feeling like somebody's looking at me and uh it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. well i turned around and sure enough somebody was staring at my ass uh, <laughs> this oh, person man. just happened to be of the male species right. uh and i caught him looking turned around and said what are you doing why are you staring at my ass he could have been looking past you. No, he clearly was not no, looking past me. Yeah. He might have had on he, a nice he shirt. He was not <laughs> looking past me. I asked him directly, why are you staring at my ass? Uh, his only reply was, thank God your mama gave you that. And I did not know how to respond. <laughs> I Keep went, walking. Like, Look there was a part of me that really wanted to do the whole machismo. Like, yo, you just tried my manhood. But then the other part of me was like, I am so confused. What just happened? This has never happened to me before in my life. Right. And I just walked away. I just, I I didn't feel comfortable in that situation. Didn't know how to respond. So that's getting back to what the whole topic of today was. Like the first person that gives you that compliment, you're like, hold on, wait, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do I say, uh, Mm -hmm. thanks, uh, Mm. no homo? Like, what do you say? Do you awkwardly walk away? That like, same thing, different story. Different well, I mean, you know, I think it depends Dan on how was... you just approach things in life in general, right? Like yes. for me, I would awkwardly walk away just because I awkwardly walk away from awkward situations in general. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Chris, I've put you, I put myself on the spot. What about you? Have you ever been hit on by a man? 
No, oddly enough, when I was at Morehouse, I didn't get hit on by men, but everyone around me did. Oh, okay. I don't know well, how to feel did, about that. And he was just awkward about it and just walked away, so it didn't ever. It, it, that, didn't it was never flirting. It didn't maybe, it was maybe, like, yeah. oh, he, or maybe it's just that Chris isn't that attractive to men. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how to feel about that. I don't know if you should feel bad about that or if you should be excited about that. Exactly. But, uh, you know, I mean, nowadays, as I've gotten older, a little bit more mature, things like that don't bother me. You know, people live their lives and and it is what it is. And at the end of the day, if anybody, male or female, thinks I'm attractive, like, you have to take that as a compliment. And you say thank you. And you walk away. (laughs) You gotta awkwardly walk away. Like, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. have a great day. <laughs> but just seeing what guys do, like, I can't imagine being a woman, and especially oh, yeah. being a woman that has assets, as you say. hmm I mean, That's like, I see... Like, like Tasha. I remember my, the first time I, I went to D.C. Uh, visiting visiting some fraternity brothers up there, and, like, dudes would just stop in the middle of the road and get out, yell at the women. Hey, 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 hey girl. Hey, hey, girl, come hey, here. Hey, shawty in the red. Hey. <laughs> no, my yeah. name isn't A. And my last name is a shorty. Like, I mean, just seeing all these ostentatious displays. My favorite of all time, man. Like, when we were kids, I remember just being from Atlanta and being able to go to Lenox Mall and just watch dudes call, like, try and get at women and be, like, it was the most hilarious thing in the world to me because they were saying the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my life. But mm-hmm. women were responding. Was I with you when we were in the mall and this guy was like, ayo. Yep. Yeah. Whoa. We were, that we happened. Were, we were in Linux. We were in Linux. Yep, we were in Linux. And we were just like, I don't know what we were looking for. We are walking, and this woman walked by in the pack of men, because at that point, they're all animals. Yeah. One of them turned around, L. And then, like, Adrian and I stopped. Did he just... <laughs> Did she maybe just... Maybe L. Like, I was... Maybe it's like a... Really maybe he would say, hey, yo. No, right. no, but he repeated it. Hey, <laughs> ho. Because she kept walking, so he had to enunciate a little bit more. It got a little bassy. Ah, you know, I see. Hey, ho. And then I was like, keep walking, keep walking, keep walking. So half a head. Sorry. No, not sorry. She stopped. Who, oh. me? And then followed them up and came back. Like, did she come she, back? She, she walked back. She walked had a full on conversation with him. How the conversation? She turned around. Who, me? Yeah, you. And she walked back to have a conversation with him. And it wasn't to berate them or anything. Oh, no. No, she oh, was no. all up in the attention. So, you know, the the, the dude who initiated the hey-ho, and yeah. then the homies are kind of like circling. I'm, I'm feeling like a dude right now hitting my hands together. Like, yeah. the dudes were circling her. And now Kevin she's Hart, like, thug, you gotta, if, you, if you're going to be a thug, you got to say everything and you got to hit your fist <laughs> with your hand at the same time. It's going to sound a little bit something like this. Every time I say a word, for emphasis, you're gonna hear me clap that. So you clap gotta, it has to be it has to be kind of broken up like that, right? So that's yeah. the, the man version of if I have to the women yeah. clap yep. and yep. Okay, yep. got it. With the neck roll. That's yeah, that. That's the male <laughs> yeah, version. So she proceeded to like have a conversation with him. Who knows? She probably ended up at the club with him that night. But like she he said, hey, A A O A Ho. Didn't hear her. It was Linux. It was probably loud. Then he got louder. Hey, ho. And then, like, that happened more than once. One woman yeah. kept walking. Then he turned around and was like, oh, she's just like, oh, that, fuck that bitch. And I yeah. was just like, because she didn't respond to you calling her, her, her a hoe? Yeah, like, exactly. What kind yeah. of woman do you want to be talking to that you call her and hoe she comes answering? 
It exists. It happens. What's crazy is that experience that I shared with Tasha being there and seeing it firsthand was not the worst thing I've ever seen mm. at Linux. And I think it's another story that Chris has been privy to because <laughs> we've known each other for forever. But the worst thing I've ever heard a man say, and I, I precursor this, oh, okay. I'm about this... to use. You know it, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm about to precursor this go for ahead, the ladies who are listening. This is something I would never say, but it has to be said for this, this conversation. Uh, and I want to know how you would respond, Tasha. <laughs> I would love to hear how you would respond. I am not a typical woman. So this was what happened. Uh, same situation. Okay. Group of guys. Young lady walks by. Uh, and it was crazy because it was like he was trying to respect her. <laughs> but at the same token. Miss Lady. Miss Lady. Miss Lady. Miss Lady bitch. Hey. Hey. Hey, Miss Lady. Hey. Hey, Miss Lady bitch. Hey, Miss Lady bitch. Let me talk to you for a second. Oh, man. And to this day, I still don't understand why she turned around and she had a conversation with him. I and... would have at least paused for, hey, Miss Lady. But as soon as you go, hey, Miss Lady bitch, like, yeah. any respect that you had for me, you just... Threw out the window. Threw out the window. And she clearly didn't have any respect for herself because she turned right around and said, hello, what? what you say? What oh, my you? goodness. What's your name? Like... Oh, my God. I can't terrible. even fake... It was terrible. I can't even fake it. It was terrible. Um, it was obvious. Hey, Miss Lady bitch. Like, he was really trying to be respectful. You got your forehead all wrinkled. Because you, you were really struggling with this. Like, your forehead's all wrinkled right now. Because yeah. you're, like, wrapping your mind I around. I just yeah. can't even understand how there are <laughs> so dudes out here. So, who did you feel bad for? Did you feel bad for Both him of them in this interaction. Because that's as could get? Or did you feel bad for her because she didn't respect her enough? I felt her bad for him because he clearly has no respect for women and and. Like, I'm just going to assume it was from bad home training that he didn't have any people in his life mm -hmm. to show him the proper way to speak to a lady. Yeah. And she clearly doesn't value herself as a woman to respond to such negative, like, speech about, like, it's... But I guarantee you, if he didn't get any play with that Amos lady bitch, like, if he, he didn't get no play, anymore. he wouldn't keep doing it. But exactly. that line works on basic females all the time. Who are you know yeah. wowed by? Oh, you, oh, you gonna buy me a drink? I can. Actually, which is I work. I can which buy my is own. why I have made this statement before that if women want to hold like want men to treat them with respect and be more chivalrous, that they have to hold men to a higher standard. You're not mm -hmm. going like men aren't going to change because you want us to. Mm -hmm. You have to make us do it, and it is on you. Like and and I've had many a female friend who was very like doesn't don't like that I said, hey, it's on you. You got to change if you want us to change. But that's reality. Men are motivated by very carnal, animalistic, know, animalistic desires. <laughs> and at some level, we just want to procreate. And if you we'll practice procreating, respond to stimuli, we're going to continue using that mm -hmm. to court you. So you go if it yeah. works. Yeah, and clearly these guys have used it before, and it worked, and they continue to use it. And if you want men to stop acting in that manner, then you need to stop paying attention to the bad boy, the 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 dude who's out here acting crazy, that's playing women left and right, and start paying attention to the good guy that comes up to you and says, "Hey, my name's AJ. I think you're attractive, and I would like to have a conversation with you." Mm. Like there wasn't any personal infusion in that one. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> so then what about after asking someone out let's say you're in some type of relationship whether or not it's serious we aren't gonna say 
But you're dating. You, you, yeah, you're, you're dating. dating. You're dating. You're actively dating. You're going out. You're enjoying each other's company. Right. So right. who initiates stuff like holding hands? Who initiates hugging, kissing, all that type of stuff? And what does it say for the person who initiates? Yeah, what does it say? You want to run with that, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say in my relationships, it's been more so I've looked for cues. Whether mm-hmm. they were kind of visual cues or even just, you know, kind of you're on the same wavelength of sorts. I look for cues and then I'll initiate. Well, but, you being the scientist that you are, Chris, I'm sure you have studied body language and or read studies about body language. So you're looking for, I'm sure, the, the lean in. <laughs> the open arms, but even the I eyes. Mean, yeah, I mean, definitely visual cues. The, but the even, touching of the hair. How, yeah. how many times have even I been speech, though. Yeah. yeah, I mean, speech oh, yes. has a, like yeah, speech has a lot of things like just the way people say certain words or certain phrases, some of the things that they say, uh, and then timing for speech as well when they say things. Okay, that so can really let you know. Like, well, you know, on here on Dude Logic, we like to give our, our, our men out there uh, a little knowledge to help them in their pursuit. Uh, so, Chris, what are some green flags that gentlemen need to look for if they're looking to move on a woman? You know, if, if they're looking to, to make a move of some sort, whether it's that first handhold or it's the first kiss or it's the first time they take it to the bedroom where adults do what adults do. <laughs> uh, well, what, what, what are those I, I green flags, Chris? One obvious green flag is if she points something out that she likes in another relationship. Oh, I like it when they hold. Oh, that's so cute. They're holding hands. That's... Exactly. Exactly. Got you. Mm-hmm. you know that's Pay something attention. that she admires and, and something that she wants from you, especially since she shared it with you specifically. Okay, what was that, Tasha? I was like, oh yeah, I've definitely done that. I did. I did it not with the intent of that being the outcome. But it, I said it, and it prompted a response. I was like, oh, got it. Duly noted. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's pretty simple. If you tell a dude what to do, whether it's direct or indirect, mm-hmm. we follow directions. We're good at that. I was, like, in this, I was like walking around in like a park, and I was like, oh, my gosh, look at that old couple. They're so cute. Like, he's holding her up. Like, oh, they're so cute. Like, I really just thought they were cute. Mm-hmm. And then instantly I was like, oh, I'm holding a hand now. Okay, th- we could do this. Okay. I, I mean, oh, okay, I like this. This is cool. Um, nice. Yeah. So, gentlemen, listen. <laughs> right? That's the rule number one. That's been uh, the rule. The, like, if no, you but just, you know how like, many tell... people don't realize that? Mm-hmm. Like, how many men? Uh, like, f- like, for real, I've had a lot of my male friends be like, yo, AJ, uh, how do I make things work? And I'm like, do you listen? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a good question to ask almost every dude. Because if, if their intentions, I mean, you know, their motivations have been different for a long time and their, you know, their intention was to make one thing happen and now all of a sudden they're in a place where they're trying to make relationships happen, mm-hmm. the rules are different. Mm-hmm. You definitely have to be less self-serving and you have to be willing to, to, to put the other person first. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. So, all right, Chris, any other green signs? Any other green flags? If you notice distinct shifts in behavior so like let's say for instance you have a woman who's very talkative and in a certain situation she becomes quiet as if she's waiting for something then Mm -hmm. that might be a sign that you need to make a move on something yeah Mm. 
Or it might be that she's disinterested, and you should probably make that really like, like that. Positive. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could yeah. tell whether or not it's a positive or negative silence like that. That you can feel that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely happened. Or I mean, the the telltale sign, you know, the one that we all know or should know, uh, is if a woman is all of a sudden extremely giggly or nervous around you. Yeah. Chances are she really likes you a lot. So if you if she's acting in an awkward behavioral pattern of some sort, um, and that's not her normal behavior. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, it means that she's really feeling you, and she doesn't know how to act in that situation. Yeah, fidgeting, playing with the hair, mm-hmm. laughing at things that are not funny, bumbling with the phone. Yep. Been there, done that. You've been Absolutely. the awkward giggly type, or you've been the. The... Oh really? Really? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Me, me. It's probably been a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'm being honest. But you know, thank God for growing up. Yeah. Getting getting older. I think it's it's. I think it's cute when men are like. <laughs> <laughs> but see, but you know what? I no longer strive for cute. Like that's not a good thing. I don't. In right. fact, in some ways, I feel like cute from a woman is like words of death that means oh, you are failing cute. you are on the verge of being in the friend zone <laughs> go the other direction quickly say something real crazy to piss her off and make her think that you're a live wire oh Angie, that's cute that you really think that. yeah really <laughs> really so that's actually I, I saw this on facebook today and this was a video like a girl basically drunk a lot she got drunk passed out on the couch and, you know, it's like an example of two guys. One of the guys actually, you know, takes care of her, puts a cover over her, makes sure that nobody bothers her. And mm-hmm. another guy would do exactly what you would think he would do. Right. Which guy I do you think that. is going in the friend zone? Uh, the one who took care of her, of course, because. Why does yeah. that guy get to go in the friend zone, though? That's a question for you, Tasha. I can't answer that one. Um, it de- I think it depends on the age of the folks involved. I think as you get older, you start realizing that in men, you're looking for some of those characteristics of someone that can take care of you and be a provider. So if I'm like, oh, I had too much fun and someone know put a pillow under my head and left an aspirin and water by the couch mm-hmm. when i wake up first i feel embarrassed that i passed out and somebody had to take care of me but after that i'm like huh if they were res- i like i said might not be typical if they respect me enough to take care to make sure i was safe and they weren't that typical guy um maybe this is somebody i need to give a second look at um i like to think i'm an optimist no i mean yeah i definitely think as i've gotten older uh my good guy tendencies and ways have been appreciated much more um you know if you're in high school and you're the dude that's taking care of the drunk chick oh you instantly get friend zoned like that's that's an instant it's not important at that oh yeah because clearly women were not looking for considerate gentlemen at 17 16 years old if they especially if they got drunk at 17 16 years old right yeah <laughs> let's talk about those issues yeah but i mean but then there are just as many men and women who are 30 going on whatever age and they're still 
looking for that good time they're not looking to settle down so it just depends on your time and place or where you are in life and if knowing that somebody has your back and like having your having my back like that loyalty means so much more than anything else yeah i mean what's funny to me uh and chris i'm sure you you've dealt with this yourself uh and i don't know if we ever really talked about our age on the show to give our, our listeners kind of an idea of, of who we are. I'm I'm 29. I'm I'm on the verge of hitting the big 3-0 and I'm excited about it for mm-hmm. all like and real on, and if I'm being honest. But it's been very funny to me through my 20s to see how women have interacted or reacted to me uh at 22, 23 as compared to 29 when they're about to hit 30 or they just hit 30. And their life is changing completely. Uh, we have this little thing called a biological clock. Yeah. That seems to speed up around 30 or so, I've been told. Um, so it's like you're done having done playing the games, well, hopefully. It, it's interesting how I've become so much more attractive in the last three years of my life than I ever was in the first 26, 27 but do you think that that's that way across the board? Like, not only the 30 or near 30-year-olds, but even those younger women. So, you know, 24, 25-year-olds. Are they more attracted to you? Oh, now? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, like women who are, who are 22, 23, 24 years old are attracted to me more now that I'm older than them. And I guess they perceive me as being more mature, but... Mm. Uh, Perception. Yeah. It's perception. That was it's perception, because I know, really, honestly, I don't think I've matured. Or, well, but I think it I, takes I have a very matured in some man ways. To say, hey, I have grown up some, but I'm not completely there. Yeah. Um. But even when I say perception, like I said it in the t- in the in the sense that, yes, I have matured with age, mm-hmm. but who I am as a person really hasn't changed at my at my court. Mm-hmm. Like I've been the same guy for the last. 20 years of my life like Mm -hmm. reality who i am as a person my my character has never changed Mm -hmm. my actions yeah you know definitely have have learned to to act a certain way over the years or it's a more prudent way to exist in life because i've gotten older but who i am at my core has never changed and i always felt that i was a more mature man than my peers at every level Mm -hmm. uh so it's interesting to me that there's this perception all of a sudden that i am uber you know, mature just because I'm getting closer to 30. I mean, but there also comes with, I mean, when I was 18, you would, I would have, I swear I was going to have my life together by 25. <laughs> um, so as you get to 30, like I, I'm turning 27 and I, for now could say, I'm like, all right, bring on 30. I'm also not 29 yet. And when uh-huh. you, you know, you're facing 30, but I think, the older you get, you start to realize like the silly games and things really aren't that important and you're looking to build a future and something long term and the game and just the, the pretty face and the curly hair might not be it. Uh so I think when you're older, people will perceive that you have you got your life together or you're at least making more positive strides to being able to provide. Mm-hmm. I mean Provider is a real attractive look. I guess that's is that the look I should be working on. Provider. I mean, what what is like honestly that question? What is a provider to you? Is it is it fiscal? Is it physical in some manner? What what are the attributes of a man as a provider? I mean, 
being that I have have and had very positive men in my life so they set the bar very high uh my parents married and remarried so I have two dads um and both of them have been very active and if they had to go hungry at night they provided by any means necessary if they had to go work two full-time jobs to make sure needs were met to make sure that their family didn't need anything then they made that happen and then still found time found time to spend time with the kids or me and my brother to still find time to try to keep it romantic and to make sure that the house was in order so a provider being the independent woman that I am is not me looking for somebody who is trying to outdo me but somebody who when I am with them they make me want to be better and in me being better I make them better okay I you know what that's I think that's real. I mean, one of the things I'm looking for. No, I mean, I, I honestly am trying to think of the best way to, to respond to that. I'm, first off is thank you for your input, you know, mm-hmm. because I definitely feel like I learned something from that. Um, yeah. And it's interesting that you said that they make me better mm-hmm. because that's one of the things that I look for. Mm-hmm. And someone that I'm interested in is that I am a better man because they exist in my life. Mm-hmm. I, and it's not that they're pushing me or telling me I need to do better. But just the fact that I want to provide for them or I want to mm-hmm. do better for them, like there's they, they, like they call me to be a better man, mm. even just in their interaction with me. I am able to say, you know what, I'm not living up to the potential that I know I have and I want to do this for this person. So I need to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's written in our DNA. Some some guys really just can't hit stride, really don't know how to become the person they're supposed to be until they have somebody that they have to care about besides themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Chris, so, I mean, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I wanted to ask you in that respect, when you meet someone who makes you want to do better, how do you prevent yourself from overcorrecting? Because you do kind of see this in guys who get in committed relationships. They end up overcorrecting in a way and doing things to an extreme to try to make themselves better. And yeah. it ends up having the same effect as not doing much, right? Yeah. I so mean, how, how do you prevent yourself from doing that? I mean, but I think that comes down to, I, I hate that we're harping on age, but with age comes experience. And hopefully through previous experiences, individuals learn that communication is key. And if I say, hey, this is, women kind of pretty much say exactly what they need to. We just paint a picture and. It's just. Not as explicit. What I'll say is women will eventually get to the point and they'll let you know what they want. But it will be hidden in a barrage of other nonsensical things that are said. And then, no, but I'm being real. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's almost as if it's what you really want is being encrypted. But if you listen long enough, it'll come out. Mm. The listening seems to be the key yeah. of the night. Like, that's what I've learned in my, in my 29 years is that. If you listen long enough, eventually they will get to the point and you can then act. And that's what, like, for me, I I have no problem saying that I'm simple and that if you give me a direction I can follow and step up to the plate and make it happen, I'm good to go. But Mm -hmm. if you keep things, you know, encrypted and make it hard for me to figure it out or expect me to read your mind, I am Mm -hmm. going to fail every time. But that's the whole, um, the whole idea of makes you want to be a better man to be better for me is just like hey if i say i need you to just be supportive and be present 
And if I say this, however support shows up for me, you just if you just have to be a, a strong shoulder for me to cry on after I have a bad day at work, that is showing someone who's able to not only provide like the financially, but also just being physically present mm-hmm. and being able to provide that support. You know what? I have no idea what went on at work, but I'm here to listen. So it, quality time is high on your list of oh. the, the five love languages then. Yeah. Yeah. Acts of service, quality time. Mm. What are the other three? Yeah. Uh, physical touch, yeah. words of affirmation, yeah, and gifts. Hence why I don't remember them. Yes. Mm. So saying I love you to you really doesn't do anything for you. I get the awkward, ah, you too. Me love you a long time. <laughs> really? Even even when you've been in a in a relationship for a while? Like once uh-huh. you've gotten past? Like, yeah. I, I don't say At every level, you still have a hard time I with don't the, say I love it first. You. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we did we even really get to the point of what happens <laughs> when you get to that moment? Like, where who's the first person to say I love you? And what happens when they make that step? Because what was that movie just came out with um, Kevin Hart, uh, Pretty Eyes Man? Uh, 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 I don't know what this means. This might cut my hands. The guy with the pretty eyes. <laughs> See, I, I feel like I know the answer to that, but I feel like if I answer that question, I am eyes. acknowledging that he has he's, pretty eyes. Like, okay, like, I would say he was in Barbershop, right? Yeah, him, yeah, that guy. Yeah. They, they, they Almost make- human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this topic. So came since up you have acknowledged the... that it was the guy from Almost Human, his mm-hmm. name is Michael Ely. Yes, that's, yes, yes. That's, Michael Ely. That is his name. Yeah. yeah. So they were taught Michael Ely and Kevin Hart was. They had this conversation. It was just like whoever says I love you first, the other person is now in control. And I was just like, oh, that's kind of a sick, twisted way to look at a relationship. The person who doesn't say I love you first has control of the relationship and the direction that the ball it goes. is in their court. And the ball is in their court. Um, and I, I think that still holds true because the person who says I love you has been mo- the most honest, open, and vulnerable and say, this is how strongly I feel about you. And they have to wait and see if you feel the same. And if you don't, are you running for the hills? Like, oh, hell no, I'm not trying to be responsible for somebody loving me. And they take off. Or, uh, I think I could love you, but I'm not there yet. So do they stick around? So mm-hmm. it really does put it in the court of the person who doesn't say it. It's, I'll say this. Love, for anyone who has felt it, really understands what true love is, is an amazing, an amazing emotion. And I don't think it can ever be supplanted by any other emotion. It's just, it's powerful. It, it really is an amazing thing. But when you get hurt after you have opened your heart to mm-hmm. that love, it's that that pain is almost equally as did powerful. You, did you just wipe your eye? Did you have a black tear? <laughs> no, I did not have a black tear. <laughs> or make a tear. Yes, it was the pollen yeah. in in Atlanta. It's real serious right now. My allergies are crazy. No, I did not have a thug tear. Uh, <laughs> no, so anyone who's opened their heart to love and really knows what love is about and, and how amazing it feels. Um, understands that when you open your heart to, to love, you also open your heart to pain. So it is an extremely vulnerable place to be in when you are the first person to admit in a relationship, I love you. Uh, you have now put yourself in a very precarious position because the other person now has the ability to either make you the happiest person in the world by saying, in return, I love you too. And you know, verifying that your your instinct to say, to, like, I love you at this point was, was a good idea. Mm-hmm. 
But if you get any hesitation, even a half a second before the words I love you come out, you realize that you are now much further in this relationship as far as like you, you have invested more than the other person. And you are now in a place where you don't know whether or not they're going to ever feel the same way you do. Mm. And that's real because some people just never get there. Just don't get there. Like they enjoy spending time with you, but there's a big difference between enjoying spending time with you, enjoying your company, liking to be around you and falling in love with you. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, Chris, what do you, you do? Or have you done in the past? Have you ever been the first person to say I love you? Hmm. Would you I suggest? have not, actually. But that wasn't by design. Okay. So, would you suggest to people that they should or should not be the first person? Well, some, what do you think is- somebody has to be the first person. So, it, it's all about the concept of vulnerability. And when you think about vulnerability in a general sense, it, it allows us to do things such as a pretty risky business moves in the business sector, or it allows us to, to seek out people who can help us progress in our careers. And you have to think about vulnerability in the same way that you have to vulnerability is essentially making yourself available to criticism and in an advantageous situation. So first and foremost, you have to make it an advantageous situation. So you have to understand that, you know, there's a relationship that you've cultivated you want to make sure that it is advantageous to you that when you say those words that they will be reciprocated in some way maybe not in the way where let's say i love you back but that it won't be taken in a way where it'll just end the relationship so uh, vulnerability is one thing and then trust is the other thing so you have to trust in yourself that you can present that i love you in a way that's palatable to your mate but also you want to be able to trust your mate that they won't take that and then just shove your heart right down your mouth. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So what's, here's, here's, here's a question for you. Uh-huh. So you've made the mistake of being the first person to say, I love you. Okay. All right? And, and, and you're characterizing it as a mistake because of the reaction, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm characterizing it as a mistake because in my experience, whenever I was the first person to say, I love you, uh, it didn't work out. <laughs> so I don't know if I am incorrectly establishing a correlation between being the first person to say I love you and that relationship not working. You're jaded. Oh, I'm jaded like hell. Yeah, for sure. No problem saying that. And no, I hate that feeling. I have hated every time I was ever the first person to say I love you, that pit at the bottom of your stomach. Like, I hate that feeling. Just waiting, hoping, especially if it doesn't happen instantly. And you know, like, what happens if you say, I love you first, and that person doesn't respond with, I love you? Mm-hmm. But it's not negative. It's not a negative response. It's, you know, oh, my God, that's so sweet, et cetera. And they continue to want to spend time with you, continue to want to cultivate the relationship, but they're just not ready to say the words, I love you. How do you proceed from there? Because now you're in a you're precarious position. Uh, insecurities start to play on you. And you're like, all right, well, I said it. How come you're not saying it yet? What well, I think is it's it about just, me that you that you're ready to say it? So how do you do that without being offended? I don't know. I think it's because we place too much we place too much stock in the term "I love you." 
There's lots of ways that you can express that love without actually physically saying the words, I love you. And it can get across to that person probably in a more palatable way where they can actually reciprocate in the way that you think they should reciprocate. So like an example is instead of saying, I love you, maybe express something that you love about them and then they can bring that back to you. And so the, the feeling and the sentiment is the same. But the impact is much is much less. And so but you're see, actually establishing those building blocks to lead to the big I love you. But see, this is the thing is I, I, I see what you're saying and I understand it. And, and from a, you know, from that perspective, you yeah, like, I understand that you can show love. You can you can be loving without saying I love you. Right. right. But for some people, words of affirmation are the most powerful thing. And, and there's a reason why it's such a pivotal moment in a relationship when someone says, I love you, whether you are the person that's saying it or the person that's receiving it, it changes things immediately. Uh, and there's power in words. There's, there's a reason why I could, I could do for someone all day, every day. I, I could do everything and make them happy and I can show them that I really love you through my actions. But for some people, until they hear it out loud, it just is lost on them. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But I, that doesn't preclude you from from establishing those building blocks, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't think you should rush in and say, I love you to somebody after day two. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's that's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah, so it, it definitely takes time to lead up to it. But how much time is variable for everybody. And that's the thing is you never know what the right time is. You just kind of got to step out on faith and hope that it is received in a fashion that is good for you. So, Adrian, let me ask you then, like, when do you say it? Because the thing I think is the mistake, the true mistake is to say it in a time where there is the ultimate in intimacy. Nah, are you talking about don't say it in the middle of sex don't say it then you want to say it in a at a time where you're not it's it's not apparent or it's not even construed that you can be affected by what's going on at the time so question tasha Mm -hmm. not saying that you're a person that engages in sexual activity i don't know this you know i I have no idea and you're grown you keep your business to yourself got it but let's just Let's just say that you are engaging in sexual activity with someone. I love you. Do you even, like, does it even register? I mean, do you even really believe them when they say it in that act? Oh, we did talk about, uh, I I might have to agree with Chris, and I just do the awkward giggle and act like I, (laughs) okay, change, or change positions, change conversation. (laughs) Uh, If I'm, yeah. I think if that was the first time I heard it, I'm like, all right, you feeling really good right now? How many, before I read into it, I was like, let me hear this again in a non-sexual circumstance. Because you get hit it right, you say all kinds of things. What you want, here's my my rent check, here's here's my credit card, buy what you want, what do you need? If it's right, so I think... Maybe I'm not doing it right. Nobody's (laughs) ever made me feel like I should tell them, hey, here's my rent check, Uh, here's my credit card. Uh, apparently I, there's this whole other part of, of life that I have not experienced yet, Chris. Is this, does this happen? People can make you give them your rent check? That happens? Nah. No, 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 no,
like sex just heightens it. Oh yeah. Um, so I would want to hear it in a non-sexy moment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Don't even know how to say it. Right. Like, like, uh, like, like, yeah, you should probably say that when we're not having sex. Tell me over breakfast the next day, like, oh, it was fun, you know. I think, hell, I would I mean, even take a... I when think we're watching like, Netflix, you know. or, if, or you go, like, hey, let's watch this movie, P.S. I Love You. Why? I mean, because, you know, P.S. I Love You. Oh, insert the dramatic, sappy music. Yeah. So something like that. Yeah. It, we don't, why do we have to make such a big deal of it? Just so like, here's a question for y'all, because my brain is ridiculous, and I think of stupid things all the time. Yeah. I am very ridiculous. So if you have not yet exchanged I love you's in the relationship, mm-hmm. but you feel comfortable enough to use the restroom without closing the door, <laughs> is I love you even necessary anymore? I'm going to need y'all to answer that question. It was not rhetorical. I think that's, at that point, it's just like, I take you, you stink, and your ass. Like, I take all of you. Right, right, right. Chris, Chris, come on. First of all, uh, on that leaving the door open <laughs> tip, yeah. that only happens on one side. I was uh, Oh, yeah. No, yeah, it's only women who do it's that. It's only women who do like, that. I, 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 there's I there's no like part of me that wants you smelling my stank. for you all. It's like you all sit there and you have It's our throne. Right. I have some of my best, like, some of my best ideas for dude logic have happened on the throne. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners, that I had to share that While with you. While you were sexting. While I was sexting, yes. <laughs> Oh, that's awful. I've never done that in my life, Chris. I'm sorry. I recant. I recant. <laughs> I recant. It's like you sit there long enough, you're like, well, who am I talking to? Yeah, I, 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 don't think you can uh, I don't think you can avoid sexting. At, right. Yeah. You don't plan on being there as long as you are. What about shocking? I guess. What, what is that? Sex talk. Like, if you actually pick up the phone and call someone. Oh. Shalom. I don't know. Wait, so you're combining three things now? Instead of sex texting, <laughs> sex calling, solving, maybe? Did you just make that up? I made that up. Yeah, I made that up. Yeah, because uh, are we still talking about the toilet here? Yeah. So you're combining three oh, things. You can't you're talk sexy to me while you're taking a shit. Like, no. <laughs> like, hey, man, with noise-canceling technology that they have on my, uh, on my new Samsung Unless they're paying you for it, don't even say it. Okay. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, okay. No, don't talk sexy to me while you're taking a dump. I know, right? Because I don't want to, I don't, like, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry. Uh, oh, baby, bloop, bloop. <laughs> like, instantly, I can't take you seriously. I'm like, how about you be yeah. sure to wipe? There's some wet ones behind you, and we talk about this when you're done. How, sometimes I feel like I'm just interrupting when people are taking a dump. Yeah. No, but seriously, uh... I feel like you better say I love you to me before you open the door on me. And, like, why do women do that, though? Every woman I've ever been in a relationship with at some point has opened the door while they were using the restroom. And I, I was just like, is that... We just want to talk. Why? Handle your business, wipe your ass, wash your hands, and then we can talk all you want. But I don't want to... It's, this is not Friday. So it's not... You are not pops. I don't need to come into the restroom. Does it smell like roses? No. And raindrops? No. It mm. smells like... Shit. Shit. <laughs> smells like feces. No, but men shit and women poops smell different. No. 
No. Mint? It all smells like shit. <laughs> right. I poop glitter in rainbows. Uh, that's a beautiful thing. Um, <laughs> if that were true, I would find a way to monetize that and make money off of it. Uh, you would be in a freak show of some sort. Uh, but it's clearly not true. As yeah. much as I want it to be true for you and for me so, and for everybody else. Thinking of like the I love you, since we haven't really like answered the question, is it often shown through actions but not with words and fear of being rejected? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because like the, you know, sitting, I enjoy my private time sitting on the toilet. Yes, women do poop. Um, oh, my so God. I, like, oh, no. I don't do this because I, I think it's weird. But this, I'm trying to use chick logic, girl logic. Okay. If I'm willing to share that time with you, that's like, uh, if you still like me after you smell my ass, <laughs> literally, and figuratively, and it doesn't scare you away, and you're like, oh, wait, girls really do poop, and you're normal, it's like, oh, maybe maybe in for it for the long haul. It's like that first time you don't wake up an hour before I wake up to go put oh, on makeup and jump back uh-uh. into bed. Because... No. I might brush my teeth and then get back in bed. But I... Mm-mm. Get... Take it all in in all your glory. Mm-hmm. The, the crust in the eye and everything. Oh, yeah. I might even actually get the crust out. I'm like, okay, hey, look. I can't get it out. Get the crust out my eye. Wait. Yeah. No? Yeah. Eh. No? I'm still not getting crust out. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I, and you know what? As a man, yes, I appreciate being needed, but I want to be needed for other things than to pick the crust so out your I'm eye. Like, I'm oh, sorry. babe, I can't open my eye. Help me get the crusty. That eye. means you have pink eye, and I don't need to be touching <laughs> you. You have conjunctivitis of your eye, ma'am. Let's so, go take care of that. So that's such a double standard because, men, you all are big babies. Yep. And instantly, yep. as soon as I get hurt, sick, broke. take oh, care babe, of me. Take care of me. But I yep. need you to help me get the crust out my because it I because I can't it hurts. Ladies, you better turn into mama as soon as I get the sniffles because uh, my mom took great care of me you're when I was sick. You're not touching your mama, so huh? you're not you're not getting it in with your mama, so you uh, shouldn't be expecting your mama so, to take care of you. Um, I don't care. Uh, like if you want to be in my life, there are certain things that my mama did for me that you're gonna have to do. I'm sorry. Mm. And I, that's every dude. That's why we act like that when we're sick and we have a woman in our life who can take care of us. Because uh, we all want to, Chris. Nah, me, I don't know. I, I tell may... me you don't love when your wife makes you some homemade chicken noodle soup uh, and tea with some honey, just the way you like it. Rubs the vape, vape rub on your chest. You all of that. Man, rub it on I, I don't do it for the actions. I do it for the attention. Because exactly. I mean, I, I'll make the stuff myself. I. I don't really care about all that, but I just do it for the attention. So a, a good example, and I'll go ahead and let you get a window into the life. I actually kind of tripped over something and hit my leg on one of the tables in the house. And obviously I, I broke the skin and everything. And I'm like, okay. Did you pull a Peter Griffin? <laughs> something like that. So actually when I hit it, I, I just like, freaked out and ran and jumped on the bed and started screaming because, I mean, it hurt, obviously. But obviously, I know how to take care of it. But it was just the whole wanting her to come and see what was coming, see what was going on. And once that happened, I got up and went and treated it and everything. (laughs) But... 
Like, I just need you to know that my leg hurts. I, I really, just, really, 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 exactly. really bad right now. I just need to know, would you care if I hurt myself? Yeah. That's what that was. Exactly. But I'll treat it myself. It's the same thing with yeah, being the sick. The day that she's like, like, oh, yes. No, I'm sorry. If, I, if I'm if i coughing, sneezing, wheezing, anything like that, I'm, you know, my stomach's not feeling right. But I you got can't the get the crust out of my eye after I just... Because I would okay. never ask you to get the crust out of my eye. I would just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like hold on, oh babe, hold on, wait. Let me get the let me get the crust out of your eye. Ooh, I hate that. I hate that. But we, you want to be babied and do all the, like what AJ mm. just said. All the things my mama do you does. Pop pimples for your 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 boyfriends. See, that's taking it to a whole another level. Dude, I ain't help. Ah, <laughs> we're gonna leave that off of this show. <laughs> not today. We're not there yet. <laughs> not at all. That moment just happened. Yes. Yes, yes, it happens. It does. It does. No, but you know what? I think that's a real moment, though. When you get to a place where you're like, you know what? I can pop a pimple for you and it's no big deal. You probably... Like I don't know. It depends on who you are. Yeah. Because if it's something that, you know, you do normally. Or like, let's say she grew up with little brothers who had pimples and she mm-hmm. did that. Then it might be more comfortable for her to do it than for someone who hasn't been exposed to that yeah so here's the question what's the next first after i love you in a relationship because we've been on that for a while we've kind of danced off and danced back onto it is there, is there another is there an order to these things i mean no nah, of course people skip steps all the time all the time in, in you know different ways but i think meeting parents oh oh wow wow meeting parents but because we really, i just assume that the sex was already happening and you've already held hands I mean, but, it, like, there can't really be a first with sex, can there? Because you both have to engage in sex at the same time. I won't get it. To... Well, somebody has to initiate it. Yeah. It, it, true. Just, you know, that caress in the shoulder. The first one t- for the big finish? Ah. Uh, hey, that's a moment. Yeah, but that one, that one is not as consequential, I think, as the others. Well, it depends on how fast it happens, Chris. <laughs> okay, well, in that case, yes. Yeah. Let's be real here. But that one always will turn out bad. <laughs> We're talking about stuff that has a 50-50 chance to turn out good or bad. All right. Good stuff. Um, yeah, no, meeting the parents. That is a huge one. But what is, I mean, does it really mean more when you introduce them to your parents first? Or sometimes, because I feel like sometimes it's just, it's, oh, I'm going out of town to see my family and you want to come with me i think it's a matter of convenience a lot of times or at least you can make it about that like if if my parents are all the way across the country and yours are in the same city then obviously i'm gonna meet your parents first yeah yeah okay or what is well you know what in that same situation chris let's say you're dating someone across town you still haven't met their parents but your parents are coming to visit you do you Mm. introduce them to your parents knowing that you've been 20 minutes away from her parents this whole time and have yet to meet them. 20 minutes, I would say yes, because I know for a fact that if I live 20 minutes away from my parents, I would not be over the house that often at all. I think there's a buffer zone, like one to two hours. I think that's enough where, you know, they're close enough for me to want to go often, but not close enough where it would get on my nerves going over there. So 
20 minutes, yeah, I could understand from their perspective if I hadn't met their parents, and I probably would introduce them to mine. But not in the sense, like, we sit down and have dinner or something, maybe just, like, a quick introduction. I would take that uh, the completely different and opposite way. If your parents are 20 minutes away and you have not introduced me to them, you're clearly hiding me from them. You have not gotten to a point where you are ready to show me off to the world. Uh, I'm taking it personal. <laughs> I'm just going to be bitter on that one. I'm like, really? My, my parents are coming to town. You want to meet my parents, but you haven't introduced me to your parents yet. But AJ, do you think that that's reflective of your relationship with your parents? You kind of have to look at their situation too. Like, what's their True. relationship with their parents? True. That there are. You know what? Great point, Chris. I got to give you that one because if they don't have a good relationship with their parents, then they're not seeing their parents. Then it makes sense if they wouldn't want you to see their parents either. You know, especially if their parents are crazy and they're worried about what your apparent apparent like your opinion of them will be, or how you will perceive them, or bad first impressions. I get that, but but in on the flip side though, you could be the type that brings everybody home to meet your parents, and it's nothing special. My parents, mm, I don't think they've met anybody. Um, and I, at this point, they realize if I bring anybody home that I think is worth them knowing. Because once my parents know about them, yeah. no matter how long it's been over, they're going to keep asking. Yeah. So my parents look at it at the point where when you bring this person home, that is a sign to us that this is somebody we need to start to be aware of because they're probably going to be in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. But if Wedding bells uh, start ringing. Your uh, mom starts planning things. Maybe she started making grandbaby comments more often. But if I bring home every boo, like, to flavor the week, my friend's like, oh, who's this one? Wait, what happened to the other one? Oh, whoops, I just get you caught up. Then your parents don't look into it. And then what do you say if it's not special anymore? When you're like, oh, you just had somebody here last week? Yeah. Should, I, should, I, should I put my boy on the spot? Should I put Chris on the spot? Yeah. That's what I do. Chris, mm-hmm. how many people did you take home to see mom and dad in your lifetime? Uh, well, this is a loaded question because sometimes it wasn't a serious relationship, but I took them home to kind of be grandstanding. So basically, it was me playing playing this power struggle type game where if I knew that it was someone that they would approve of, but I didn't think it was going anywhere, I would still bring oh. them home just to say, hey, I'm doing well. <laughs> so uh, in... In light of that, I may split it up. So I think in terms of like serious relationships, I think it was probably three. Okay. And then in terms of the whole, I just want you to see that I'm doing well and I can pull this great woman. Yeah, probably double that. <laughs> Dang, Chris. <laughs> yeah. You taking a lot of people home, man. Got dad saying, attaboy. All right. <laughs> All right, Chris. I see you. I see you. Nah, you know what? That didn't fluster Chris anywhere as near as, as much as I thought it would. Uh, you know, I'm going to get you, man. Like This whole married thing, I'm going to mess with you a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to not answer that question unless y'all want to put me on the spot. But, but You asked me to be put on the spot. It's not nearly as fun as us just putting you on the spot. That's why I said what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like when you, when you, you tell bullies, you know, in, a, in, in the playground, you, you ignore them or act like you don't care or you put yourself in the spotlight. It's no fun anymore. Well, AJ, I'll I'll keep from putting you on the spot in terms of a numbers game, but in terms of percentages, what percentage of your serious relationships would you say you introduce your your um, parents to? 
serious relationships? Yeah. Uh, you would make it a percentage, right? Yes, I would, and that's that's for and, comedic and effect. That's for comedic effect. And it's because you knew the answer. Yep. It's one hundred percent. Exactly. The day I take somebody home to meet my parents, it's a serious relationship. And she knows. It. Yeah, it's like that. It's like that. No. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's like that. Like yo, I mean, because, and it's because I really value what my parents, their opinion. Um, you know, my, my parents actually they really do want the best for me, and they're gonna tell me. You know, good or bad, uh, no holes barred. They're gonna let me know how they feel, and it gives me some ammunition to sit back and say, "All right, let me take that in." I still, you know, I'm my own man. I still make decisions for myself, but I appreciate my parents' perspective because my parents were married for 33 plus years before mm-hmm. my mother passed. You know, and it's, there's wisdom in that. Like they, they got it right. So they've been through through some things that I haven't been through. That's how I see it. So, yes, uh, for all the ladies out there listening who have been in a relationship with me. Uh, you weren't the only one. If you met my parents, it was serious. I probably really loved you at the time. Uh, if you didn't, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, sorry, not sorry. It didn't work out anyway. No, but Chris, yes, yes, 100% of the, the, the relationships I that I would consider serious relationships, yes, they've all met my parents. And you have yet to introduce anybody to your parents. I, my parents meet everybody, okay. but they don't meet them as, this is... As you this don't is. say, this is my boyfriend. Mm-mm. Okay. No. Mm-mm. My mom will look. She'll know. She might, like, my parents probably know, mm-hmm. but I don't make this public proclamation this is the boo this is who i spend so much time with no it's just like hey uh mom aj he just you know rode over here with me just coming to hang out spend some time at this family cookout all right cool but no yeah you are not meeting my parents until that's real <laughs> it's like at the end of the day i don't want i, I i'm kind of in, in the mindset too it's like i don't want to be the boy who cried wolf like if you mm. keep bringing face after face after face after face through they're gonna get to a point where they're like i don't even care anymore uh you know just let me know when y'all you know save the date mm-hmm. and you know you want people in your life to be excited about the people who are in your life so yes i don't inundate my family my i mean when i say my parents i'm talking about my family in general my sisters included uh you know the people who who are close to me, you have to be somebody that I'm serious about before before you meet them. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Any, anything else? Because that was a good one, Josh. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you have me on more often. I'll have more topics. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go, Chris. Josh has made the statement that she wants to be on the show. And I have no issue with that at all. Nope, not at all. Not at all. This was fun. Yeah. So, actually... In light of that, we want to allow you as the guest to come on and give us the topic and, you know, you give it to us straight, give us a hard one, one that um, you need a specific male, uh, a male opinion on. And it's for our segment that's called Chick Logic. Yeah.
us a topic, we'll give you the traditionally male chauvinistic view. And okay. it's up to you to try to convince us to turn it around. Okay. Oh, that's like a challenge? Yes. Yes. Oh, challenge accepted. <clears throat> you saved the date, put it on my calendar. <laughs> Own a friend. Okay. Yeah. Chick logic. Oh, yes. I'm already going through my head thinking of all the women I could call and be like, so I need, let's, let's go through this. I need to have my, my game plan ready. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. Chicken, food logic, and chicken logic are so different. You have anything Same for language us right now? Different dialects. Really? Mm-hmm. That's the first time we've heard that. Same language with different dialects. Chris, what do you feel about that? I like it. That might go into the theme song. Yeah. The theme song? (laughs) We do have a theme song. We have several theme songs. Yeah. I I think men and women speak the same language, but we say things differently. So it gets gets lost in interpretation. Lost in translation, huh? Translation. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, do you have anything today? Um, Today. Does... So... You made, you, you made reference to this. And this is just something I, I want to know because I think women also have an opinion in this day and age and how many single parents there are does having a kid before you in the relationship matter? Does it stop you from moving forward? Are you asking me directly? Um, yeah, I, I, ha- I haven't had an example of chick logic, so I'm just thinking of a question. That's, I mean, that's a great question, no, honestly. That's a good uh, question for chick logic, actually. It is very, it, it's a great question, very controversial. Because and you're about to have me dodge this, it's like the Matrix. Right, so, <laughs> I mean, we always talk about women and how many kids, like, a guy does or does not have, but how do men actually feel about a child or three? And they're they're single. They they deserve to be loved. But are you trying to be an instant stepdaddy? I mean, you know what? I can only speak for my own life, and I can't speak for anybody else. I have friends who have dated women with children, uh, you know. And but myself, I've never been in a serious relationship with anyone that had kids. I have gone on dates with women that had kids, but it never uh, amounted to anything more serious. Um, I don't necessarily have any bias. Uh, but it's definitely a plus to have someone that I'm interested in be unattached. It, it definitely makes me take a pause when I find out that someone I'm interested in has children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see it just, you know, in reality because to me, children in a relationship is just a complication. It makes things more complicated. Not that children themselves are a complication or that there's anything wrong with children. I love children. But... Uh, relationships are already difficult when it's just one and two being involved. And when you add this third person or fourth or fifth person, you know, et cetera, mm-hmm. to the mix, it's just one more variable that you add. And I'm Chris, you appreciate that being the scientist that you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know me. Mm-hmm. I have a very profound relationship with my nieces and nephews. I love them to death. I love kids. Kids are, I, I feel kids are precious. They're innocent. They have a, more on the world than I think most adults do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I become attached quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm a big kid at heart, so I love playing with kids. And if you have kids, 
and you introduce me to your kids, mm -hmm. chances are they're going to fall in love with me and I'm going to have a very serious relationship with them as well. It's going to be mm -hmm. something, it's, it's going to be a kinship there. Uh, so what happens as that relationship progresses, if it doesn't work out, you break up and you have this relationship with her children. Break up with the kids too. You break up with the kids too and that's terrible for them. Like that's awful. I, I've always been afraid of the kids getting involved and then having to deal with it not working out. See, so I take a very hard stance at, because um, a friend of mine was talking to someone with kids and they broke up but still wanted that relationship with the kid. I was like, that's not your child. You have no, no obligation or responsibility to that kid. But I take a very hard stand that it is the parent's responsibility to know when you all are serious enough for you to meet the kids. I think you should know from jump the kid exists, mm -hmm. but when you come into that child's life, that's like, hey, you're going to be here for a while so that your kid isn't like, wait, who was here last week? Mm -hmm. Like, the, I, I think it's the parent's responsibility. The person, their, their suitor, person they're dating, mm -hmm. should not manage that, and I think they should give space for the, the respect, like, hey, actually, we're just now getting this going on one day but can we focus on us first mm -hmm. yeah. I mean I agree with you and I've been there and I've always felt that and I've told my friends who have kids and who have dated women with kids uh, it's important and I think this is something I'm saying to all the men and women who are listening if you have children and you're dating you need to keep your children out of the relationship for as long as possible mm -hmm. uh, for some for one you don't know who you're dating yet like, you don't know if that person's crazy. You don't know if that person mm -hmm. has a COVID for children. Like, that, it's unfortunate, but that's the world we live in. Like, you have to protect your kids both first and foremost. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes, if I were to date a woman with, with children and she was trying to introduce me to her children on day two, that would be something that would turn me off very mm -hmm. quickly. And it's not because I have a problem with meeting the children. It's, a, it's that I feel like her decision-making and her where she's at mentally is not where I would want her to be. Mm -hmm. And... If she's doing that with her children now, we get into a serious relationship, we progress, we get married one day, is she going to do the same type of thing with my children one day? Mm -hmm. uh, that's not the type of woman that I want. You know, if a woman, like, whether or not I feel a woman is capable of taking care of kids and being a good mother to her children mm -hmm. is one of those things that is very important to me and someone that I'm looking to be in a relationship with. Uh, and like you said, you know, you're just getting to know that person. And you don't need anything else or anyone else in your opinion. You need to find out if there's a chemistry between you and her. Uh, and that's it, with no one else involved. The same the same reason why you wouldn't want her friends being involved in, you know, how she perceives you or how she looks at you. You want to be able to establish a relationship with her, period. I don't need outside influences of any kind. Uh, we need to figure out if there's a chemistry here. With just the two of us. Chris, you're single. Would you date a woman with kids? No, that is a non-starter for me. Okay. Why? Why such a hard stance on it? Uh, well, it's just because of the way that I deal with kids. And, you know, it does have to do with the whole issue of becoming attached or whatnot. But I typically am very firm with kids even when they aren't my own. And so it's just the fear of engaging the kids in the wrong way that would actually hurt the relationship. Overstepping your boundaries. Yeah, exactly. All right. I feel you. And that's something that you have to... Oh, what happens if 
you know, you have kids, like the, the person you're dating, they have kids, and uh, the father isn't in the picture or isn't a disciplinarian, and you discipline his children, and he, he takes offense to it. Exactly. That's, that's needs, real. But she needs to manage that. That's that. True. That has nothing to Unless he's coming for your life. It's a relationship that the absent dad has with you being stand-in for his child. But the mom's responsibility is to manage that and call him out and, like, whatever you got to say. Yeah, I mean, obviously for the formative years and especially a young man's life, he does need a positive male role model there and, and a male role model really there to be able to give him guidance in terms of discipline or whatnot. And so if a guy isn't there, I kind of feel a social obli- and moral obligation mm. to do this. And I, I know I'm the type of person that wouldn't necessarily discuss it at length beforehand with the mother. So... Just to avoid a situation like that, no, it would be a non-starter for me. Yo, do you think that women are more open to dating a man with children, or that men are more open to dating women with children? I think women. I think women are more open to dating men with children because. When you meet a guy who doesn't have kids, they're like, what? Like, you don't have any? You've never had any? It has become a norm. Like, you just expect men to have a kid. And unfortunately, it's easy for a guy not to be involved. So it's like, you have a kid on paper, but do you, are you are you a dad? You fathered a child, but are you active in that kid's life? And we're going to have some baby mama drama. Um, do I got to be worried about somebody key in my car because you're not mailing your check every month? So I think women have accepted it as a reality because a person can father a child without being a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is it that women look at men as, because like, yes, I have experienced that when, you know, especially first date, it seems like nowadays the questions that get asked, do you have a job? Do you have a car? Do you stay by yourself? Do you have any children? Mm-hmm. Like, those are standard interview questions that happen on almost every first date I go on now. And every time I tell a woman, no, I do not have any children, they always ask, are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I have not fathered any children. I have no children out of wedlock. And then they look at me like I'm some strange strange alien from another You world. are an alien. But the reality is, to, to me, I know more men who don't have children than I do men who do. Yeah, that's true. So it's it's interesting to me to see that the perception is that there are no men that have no children. I mean... That are single and available. I also think... Uh, I have thoughts. I think once you get to a cert- past a certain age, I mean, things happen, but oftentimes... You're approaching 30 right? You have made great strides and great effort to make sure that a kid does not happen. And the older you get, the more responsible, uh, perceivably, you are also becoming. And making sure that you're, you're managing that you're not going to have kids. Like, if you're, like, in your 17, 18, you barely know what you're doing. You know, a kid happens, all right, you deal with it. Um, but the older you get, I think there becomes a greater, it's, there's a greater expectation that you know how to make sure you don't have kids, but then 
so few people, so few men made the right kids are a blessing, whatever. Um, I don't know. It's it's just it sucks that it's become the norm. And now that I think about it, I was like, I actually know plenty of guys who don't have kids. So what guys have I met that was by standard? Well, AJ, I actually wanted to kind of harp on one of those other questions that you get. And this is for all my um, people who went to professional school and okay. graduate school like and got advanced degrees. Mm-hmm. They asked that job. They asked that job question, right? Oh yeah. So yes, yeah, not how much money you make. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they asked the job question, and I feel kind of bad answering that question, right? Because after you get those degrees, there is a training period that is associated with it. So you don't actually have a job, mm-hmm. and obviously the money isn't very good during those training periods. But I have to try to stress the point that, you know, yeah, in three years, you know, I'll be done with my training <laughs> and I'll be making some money. But they don't want to hear that. You know, nah. they want to hear like, what are you doing now? And yeah. you don't want to reach back and say, oh, I have these degrees because then you sound pretentious. Right now I'm in the process of getting a couple of things together and I'm moving <laughs> forward. Yeah, I'm exactly. Just, and so you and end up sounding like the guy who just moved out of his mom's basement or something. Yeah. With an actuality, you have even though you have a master plan and you know your life is coming together just as you planned it for the last seven years of your life. Exactly. So yeah. at this point in my life, I couldn't imagine being single and having to try to explain to people who aren't intimately in the know about the the career progression that I have what I do, because then it'll just sound like I don't have a job. Mm-hmm. Because you don't. But I'm young specimen. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just messing with you, dude. You know I'm proud of you. And uh, but it's crazy, yeah. For people who have been career academicians, if you will, and stay in school forever, it's rough because they're really, you know, these people are really doing a lot and putting putting, you know, putting a lot at risk to better themselves as individuals, as human beings, and to put themselves in a place where they can really give back to humankind and society in general. But there is a period of time where you you are struggling. Who's been a broke college student knows what it feels like to, you know, put your dreams aside for the moment because you have a bigger, better plan, you know, and to have the foresight to say, hey, what I'm doing right now is going to help me moving forward. That's a tough thing, man. It's a tough thing to put your faith in the process and to just let it happen. But I like I'm just I'm, I'm at that place, man, where it's like, I'm going to tell you exactly what I have going on in my life. And if there's any part of you that thinks that you don't want to be a part of my life because of where I'm at, it's better for me that you feel that way and we get it out of the way. So there's no front or faking for me. And, and, you know, I'm sure if you were single, you wouldn't front or fake your situation either. Because if if someone I don't want someone who can't who doesn't have enough foresight to see that I'm preparing myself for better, that. Yes, it'd be easy for me to get a certain type of job right now or to do certain things in my life where money is quick and it's coming fast. It's easy. Uh, But it does take preparation to really change the world we live in. Like, if you want to effectuate real change, you have to put some work in. Did you just say effectuate? I did. I said effectuate. Um, That's a real word. It's a word. It's a word. Actuate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. My dearie word of the day. 
Yeah. Um, I definitely know that story very personally. I mean, uh, working in higher ed is pretty much your entry level mid manager or you're the boss. There is not a lot of in between. And so I, I work at a university, also work at a university in the city. Um, oh, yeah, it's actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I tell people I have a second job. Like, what? The school you work at doesn't pay you enough? I'm like, yeah, they pay me enough, but I'm also trying to set up the next part of my life so that I can live the life I want. I can travel the world, no questions asked. And I might have made some mistakes as a youngin with a credit card and I'm paying for those now literally um but if a person isn't ambitious and can't see that you're ambitious as well and they're like oh how much money do you make what do you do why haven't you succeeded yet then they're into you for the wrong reasons they're looking for that instant gratification that instant provider and I would much rather take somebody who I'd rather take you while you're L1 in law school with them sleepless nights and us eating ramen or me, me taking more care of you because I know if I stick it out and I really put in my all, when you are able, you will reciprocate. I like that. I like that, that mentality. Definitely like that mentality. So for all my friends out there who but are... A lot of guys will... Well, yeah, I mean, I was just saying for all my friends out there who are in the same struggle, don't don't fret. There are women out there who feel your pain. Yeah, and I think <laughs> most guys will appreciate it more. Like, yo, this she was this chick, my my boo thing, my babe, whatever. She was there for me when I didn't have it, and now that I have, I'm going to give her whatever she wants. Like, if if I could ride, if I could be your ride or die when you really are riding in my car, mm-hmm. and I, but I know if you have ambition, and I know that you are capable of doing more and you are working towards it, yes, I will help you chase your dreams. But if you're trying to be a rap star and you actually don't have rhythm, like, no, go get a job. <laughs> like, hopes and dreams don't pay my ch- pay my rent. But if you're ambitious and you're doing what you have to do, I will stick it out for you when it's tough, but I need to know that it's going to get better. Yeah. No, it's so funny because you see people around the ages like between 25 and 30 or so who are really at that stage but they're doing such amazing things but it's it's almost like it's downplayed in a way because they have so much greater goals on the horizon that what they're doing now even though it is extremely great it pales in comparison to what they have envisioned for their lives in the future so you know like i got a lot of friends who are doing just some really amazing things but you wouldn't even know it unless you talk to them for an extended period of time but you know what they want to do in the future and that's really great no i mean because you know for anybody who's really doing you're not going to find out all of my hopes dreams and aspirations in the first five minutes of talking to me yeah and you have no idea what's going on but uh if you're a trap star and you're out here moving weight and you got 26-inch rims on your car, and you're throwing all kind of money in the club, whatever, you know, buying bottles, popping, whatever. You see it. Like, oh, he's got it. But whatever. That's 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 temporary. That's going nowhere. Right. Right? They have no vision. They have nothing beyond what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And those are not the people who change the world. Those are not the people who 
create a better world for our children to grow up in. Mm-hmm. And those are not the people that I align myself with. Like, you can go in and make quick, fast money, do whatever it is that you want to do right now in the, in the short term. But I'm all about what happens five years from now, what, what my legacy is, not what your opinion of me is right now. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Chris. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we had our Urban Dictionary moment of the day. I mean, you. I think you touched on it earlier with Salt Daddy. I tried to bring it up with Salt Daddy, but I guess that would just wasn't hitting the nerve there. I was. It wasn't. It didn't. It didn't really hit. I mean, I, I heard it. I caught it, and I was just like, ah, oh, maybe that's just a inside joke. I just wasn't privy to. I mean, you, you got any any interesting ones you heard in your life in the last few days? You know, in the last. No, I would. Can we use salt daddy in a sentence? Can I? Can I get a definition? Oh, I can give it. I can give you the the Urban Dictionary definition of salt daddy. The Urban Dictionary word of the day is the complete opposite of a sugar daddy. One who tries but is broke and fronting. Man. I said I wanted a new comforter set from Macy's, not the Goodwill. He is such a saw daddy. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with the Goodwill. I don't know if I would want a bed set from the Goodwill. No, no, no. You want to get certain things from Ooh, Goodwill, man. That, that's, if you want to get some, some cheap furniture, you can come up from time to time in the Goodwill. You might even find a cool shirt. Might, might find a nice shirt, a jacket, but I'm not taking anybody else's bed sheets. Mm-hmm. Nope. There's yeah. a reason that they're there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were um, decorating. No, but for real, have you heard any interesting slang colloquialisms in your life? I work at a college, so I swear my st- I, I'm getting older every single day. Okay. Because my students will come in and they'll say something and I actually don't know what they're talking about. Um, hmm. A lot of my students say lol instead of lol. What? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have when you're phonetically saying laugh out loud, it's got it's gone too far. Lol. Yep. You know, far. I have heard one on the same wavelength as that, you know, the whole YOLO mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But then like they've started adding uh suffixes suffixes to YOLO. So yeah. now there's YOLO Mawit. What? <laughs> Your Loma Wit is you only live once, might as well make it tasty. Your Loma Wit. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I know. Here's here's one like that uh when earlier when we were talking about Tasha's assets. Okay. Uh and, like this is actually one that I've heard recently. And I was in the barbershop, Chris, when I heard this. Okay. Uh you know, from time to time a young lady will walk in or walk past the barbershop and young dudes will have something to say about it uh and there was this one young lady who walked past and she did not she was not blessed with uh tasha's assets no acetal she has no acetal acetal yeah acetal that is an old school one for you but uh this one was new and all dude was like yo she's got a pluto booty pluto booty (laughs) he can't be found and i was like all right i'm gonna look that up it's got to be on Urban Dictionary. Well, turns out it is. So here you go. Pluto booty. When a girl has a butt that is so small that some consider it non-existent. Goes back, goes straight down to her thighs. That's a Pluto booty if I've ever seen one. 
Horsing out, horsing out for the homie Pluto. Used to be a planet, now he's a moon. Did they? Re- that's what I was like, about to say. See, that's not actually correct. Because <laughs> they actually didn't they reclassify it as a planet again. No, like it wasn't a. Oh, <laughs> damn. No, but I'm saying the the characterization in the Pluto booty is not actually correct because then it would have had to be at one point it looked good. But now it's gotten to the point where we have to declassify it as a booty. Ah, so that could be one of those old girl look like she had a big old booty because she might have been wearing little butt pads. Mm-hmm. And then you get to know her and come to find out she had a Pluto booty because it's not existing. She doesn't have it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or you caught her in one of the pictures where she was sitting on the edge of the sink and it looked like she was holding something, and then she stood up, and you were like, wait, it just disappeared? Pluto booty. <laughs> That's a Pluto booty, right? It's not just Pluto one that booty. starts out small. It has to start out looking like something magnificent. Mm-hmm. And then it just... Wow. Yeah, like that you. pair of jeans that every woman has that makes her butt look amazing, and then mm-hmm. she puts on a pair of sweatpants, and you're like, I hate you. <laughs> that ain't right. That's just wrong. Mm-hmm. Sweatpants right after she gets the crust out your eye. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. You've really made it. You know, killed the bathroom with the door. Door opened, we went the crust out of each other's eyes. Is that what made life is like, Chris? <laughs> no, no, I no, no crust, no crust out of eye getting here. I mean, all I know is Tasha must be real comfortable around me because she has her sweatpants on, I, kicking it right I, I now. Definitely, I regularly wear the stretchy pants around AJ. Yep. Yep. Does that mean I'm friend zone? Is that what oh, that yeah. means? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh well. I oh, had well. a I had a whole conversation on what I should wear to this, and then I was like, wait, it's just AJ. It's fine. Yep. Sweatpants. Definitely friend zones. Yeah. I didn't. I no. I put on my good sweatpants. I didn't put on like my holy sweatpants. Nice. At least I'm in the upper echelon of the yeah. friend zone. Like <laughs> the, the ones that wow. I had since high school that too too wedded to that I can't part. Mm-hmm. Nice. I at least put on the, the good sweatpants. I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Almost matched. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I want to go ahead and say, uh, Tasha, thank you very much for being on the show today. Yeah. We really appreciate everything that you had <laughs> to bring to the table. Um, it was insightful, and you had a lot to bring to the table. So I definitely hope that you will join us again on future episodes of Dude Logic. Yeah. Chris, tell the people where they can find you at. I can tell them that, but then I'd be actually skipping a portion of the show. Oh, okay. What, what portion of the show are we doing next, Chris? AJ's gripes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> go forgot about out. my own segment. Yeah. Got oh, I've, I've always got something to gripe about. AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. AJ's gripes. This, this is in the AJ's gripes that I hope that we actually expound upon in a later episode of Dude Logic. Mm-hmm. But today, AJ's gripes... I am sick and tired of women who chase the bad guy. Why is it that the dangerous dude is so much more interesting than the guy who's got his life together and is straightforward and honest with you and lets you know that he likes you and doesn't play games? Why do women continue to friend zone the good dude and chase the dude who wants absolutely nothing to do with them except to get them in the bed? That's AJ's Gripes for this week. AJ's Gripes. AJ's Gripes. AJ's Gripes. <laughs> Women, get your life together. Stop chasing the bad boy, because 
James Dean doesn't exist. College is getting played, and it's really funny to me. Period. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that just happened, Chris. Is that yes. like the Jerry's moment where it's like the rhetorical statement? Jerry's thoughts, quote Jerry's words. What was yeah. It? Oh, I mean, well, I think well, where did we get that idea from, Chris? Actually, you got know? it from Grinds My Gears, right? Yep. Yeah. Family guy. Family Peter. Guy. That really grinds my gears. All right. That must be the indication that we should end this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so on Twitter, you can find me at production, P-R-H-O-E-U-C-T-I-O-N. Um, on Instagram, the catch 22 I have three names, too. Facebook, Natasha Hopkins, all one word. See? Yeah. See? Mm-hmm. They got you, too. But in my, in my defense, I have a work Twitter that matches my Facebook. Okay. And Instagram is the last thing that I can keep that my students can't find me on. No. Well, they just found you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, Instagram. They can't find me. Oh, I did say that. Yeah, you just yep. said it. Yep. Yep. That's fine. <laughs> I'm telling everybody on Emory's <laughs> campus to logic. Follow us. <laughs> then you can find out her Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> what Miss Tasha does in her real life. Right. <laughs> when I'm not at school. It's the rapper. Alright. So as always, you can find me on Twitter at AJ's Meltdown. That's A-J-S-M-E-L-T-D-O-W-N and the same for my blog, AJ'sMeltdown.com. You can find me on Instagram at AJ underscore the underscore trainer and Facebook at Facebook backslash train with AJ. That's a lot. It's a lot. I'm I'm out can there we, on this, like this social pick, network. No, can we just pick one name? Man, you know what? There's way too many people out here trying to steal my swagger, stealing my names with two followers and taking my name. It's really it's, it's mm-hmm. a pain in the butt. Like I'm really gonna reach out to a couple people on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and be like, hey, I need y'all to get rid of your site and anything right. with it. Uh you're making my life difficult. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. <laughs> And in turn, you just make their life difficult, huh? Yeah, because um, I'm trying to consolidate. I'm trying to have one name, too, you know? Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I should have gotten to this Twitter and Instagram game a few years ago when people weren't going hard, I guess. Uh, see, I got to the Twitter game back when it was burgeoning, and I still came up with a name like at CG Skeezy. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just go ahead and, and we'll attribute that to your your immaturity at the time you just you just hadn't you hadn't found yourself as a man yet chris that's what that is that was through the height of the whole chris breezy thing so i thought <laughs> i kind of parallel it with that yeah you know i've been called a jeezy before and i was like you know what that's too close to jeezy in atlanta and then somebody could just be like hey jeezy <laughs> and i'd be like confused because i wouldn't know if they were saying you know what i'm saying like hey jeezy mm-hmm. or a jeezy mm-hmm yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that mm-hmm. happening. All right, and for the show, you can reach us at www.dudelogicpodcast.com. You can get all the podcasts, get AJ's gripes, links to all of our guest stuff, and anything else you want. Suggest stuff to go on that site, too, please. You can reach us by email at dudelogicpodcast at gmail.com. 
on Instagram and Twitter at DudeLogicPod. That's at DudeLogicPod. And Facebook on Facebook.com slash DudeLogicPod. For AJ and Tasha, I'm Chris. And saying goodnight, good morning, good whatever you're doing right now. We'll see you next week. Peace.